Welcome to Maximize Your Influence, your resource for the top persuasion, influence, and negotiation techniques that will help you maximize your success in life and business. And now, here are your hosts, Kurt Mortensen and Steve Olson. Welcome to another episode of Maximize Your Influence. Steve Olson here, your host that you absolutely can't wait to hear more from every week. And then, of course, Kurt Mortensen, the guy that you really come for and just can't wait till I stop talking so you can actually hear him. How are you, Kurt? Doing well and feeling good. How you doing? Pretty good. Been in San Diego over the weekend doing a workshop for a couple of clients and investors and got a few good nights worth of sleep away from the new baby ate some really good food, saw that movie Lone Survivor with Mark Wahlberg, and it was pretty good. So yeah, that's well, my deal. San Diego, sitting in the sun, eating some, uh, a lot of good food down there, especially Mexican food. Yeah, yeah. I went to the fish market there downtown that's right out on the water and oh, uh, fresh yeah, seafood. Well. So it was really good. I was very happy to eat there. Well, I took a different route to get rid of my winter blues. I went to the annual boat show. Ah, the boat show. <laughs> <laughs> Love to go to the boat show. It's always in February. It's always kind of cold. But yeah, there's some sweet looking boats this year. And for those of you who don't know, I don't care much about cars, but we can talk about boats all day long. And the new batch is looking pretty good. Oh, wow. The boat show makes you trunky for summer. That's for sure. It does, and they had some sweet new technology, and the strangest thing was, is glitter is in. <laughs> glitter, like on the hull of the boat? Yeah, almost every company had these boat holes just full of glitter of different colors. It wasn't just one, and they were all over the place, these kind of ugly. The boats were cool, but a lot of them couldn't figure out the glitter part, but maybe they're doing some research that I'm not aware of. Glitter? Yeah. You broke my brain. I know exactly. I'm looking at it like, you have glitter. Why is this glitter? It doesn't even look good. I know. Like, oh, that's the new style. I'm like, who told you that's the new style? I don't think it's a new style. I don't like the new style. Just give me blue, give me black, give me red. I don't want your glitter. I guess we're just behind on the times. That's a troubling realization that uh, we're that far behind the times, that, that glitter <laughs> is Either that cool. or they're just guessing or, or trying to force a trend on us. <laughs> It's some kind of bizarre social experiment. Yeah, exactly. Getting everyone to buy glitter boats. Well, we were going to talk about the law of association today, and you just went circles around the law of association just talking about the boat show unintentionally. I didn't know you were going to talk about that, listeners. This is not some awkward <laughs> segue here. This is real, live, uncut, maximize your influence stuff happening. I mean, that's a bad association, glitter, but I, I found at the boat show that just the smell of the new leather and of all the equipment like the life jackets and the wakeboards, that really gets people in the buying mood, doesn't it? The smell and the sights and they have the videos of people actually doing it. I mean, they have the tank there where they're actually wakeboarding. Yeah, it's just a mecca of sights and sounds and excitement and smells to where people are getting ready for summer. And of course, they've got new boats for sale at a great price. Of course they do. <laughs> so... I probably didn't do the listeners much of a favor there, just coming out of nowhere with a law of association. But hey, you brought up the glitter, so what choice did I have? Um, yeah, what glitter's is a law? form of color, and color yeah. is a form of association. So what, what is the law of association, and why should we care? Well, that's the question of the day, right? It is. But basically, big picture, we've talked about this before, is that up to 95% of persuasion and influence involves a subconscious trigger, a feeling. 
It could be a smell. It could be a color. It could be a symbol. It could be any of these things that trigger different emotions in us. Basically, we link objects and symbols with feelings and memories. All of these things come into play. For example, if you see a police car, even though you're keeping the speed limit, your natural reaction is to step on the brake. You see a skull and crossbones, you know what that means. We have the Olympics going on right now, and those symbols, the rings, well, when they work, the rings actually represent a lot of different things and feelings to different people. And we can go negative as far as the swastika or a flag of your country or a wedding dress or the Statue of Liberty. All these things come into play. So symbols, sites, people that endorse products like celebrities, popular music, all these things can trigger different feelings in ourselves as far as how we feel about a person or about a company. Yeah, okay. Well, I've long held that if policemen really wanted a safer road, the first place they could start is not parking on the side of the road with their radar gun. <laughs> it just sends that, the road into complete mayhem. That's a traffic hazard. People are stepping on their brakes and they're swerving or they're going too slow because they're afraid to speed. It is a major hazard. We should be able to pull over and give them a ticket. Can't you do like a citizen's arrest? Well, well you, I'll, you try it and let me know how it goes. Yeah, listeners, if you have any luck with that, Go ahead and send us an email to maximize your influence at Gmail. Love to hear how your citizen's arrest of a police officer goes and how that ends. <laughs> so you've said in, in your book, in Maximum Influence, that endorsements, and you mentioned it a minute ago, were a part of the Law of Association. How is an endorsement different than a testimonial? Well, a testimonial is an endorsement, but usually what an endorsement is, it's somebody that's really famous. Michael Jordan was one of the best basketball players, and he made more money with endorsements than he did playing basketball because when you like Mike, you automatically like the underwear he wears and the hot dogs he likes, the car that he drives. Yeah. And yeah. you look at Tom Brady or Peyton Manning or LeBron James, all these people make great money with endorsements. But you have the opposite effect too because when someone does something wrong – then you have negative feelings towards the product. We have swimmers that have been smoking pot or somebody that cheated on their wife. All these things can hurt endorsements, and they're very, very careful. It can quickly turn from a positive endorsement to a negative endorsement. Yeah. Like the worst one I saw, I don't remember if I told you this one, it was a while back, and there was a public figure that everybody knew who she was, and she lost a lot of weight, and she was looking a lot better. And so they said, hey, will you be our spokesperson? Will you help us out? You've lost a lot of weight. Everyone's going to notice you've lost weight. Will you be our spokesperson? And they paid her to do it. She said yes. And this person should be fired or shot because that celebrity spokesperson was Monica Lewinsky. <laughs> yeah. I'm not going to go into detail on that one, but what were you thinking? In fact, that should be the blunder of the day is, wow, what are you thinking? What's going on? You didn't think that one through because well, how we feel about the person translates to how we feel about the product. You know what, Kurt? Cue up the Homer Simpson. All right. Let's hear Homer. Don't, don't, don't. There oh, he is. There he is. We're going to give that person the blunder for picking the endorsement, the wrong endorsement for their product. That, that was an on-the-spot blunder. We had a previous one that we will let go for next week. That marketing department who thought it would be good to hire Monica Lewinsky, you are the blunder, you are so fired. Although, Kurt, I can think of uh, various lines of products that would love to have Monica Lewinsky. But yeah, but this is a watching. family show and we can't go into that. Yeah, this is a family show. <laughs> <laughs> There's probably 
probably plenty of them that would have loved to have had her, but uh, (laughs) she's not around much anymore. It happened for a while, and he's kind of back now, but with Tiger Woods, and I think you alluded to him earlier, that he became pretty toxic there for a while, but people forgive over time, and being really good at a sport or something, I think allows people to come back into the limelight. You're basically saying then that a testimonial is Bill from West Virginia that used the product and liked it. An endorsement is a very credible and high-profile person that comes out and says the product is good and I like it. But I see that in like presidential campaigns. You get newspapers that endorse people. You know, the New York Times will come out and endorse, well, the Democrat every time, obviously. But that that happens totally. So I would think you really have to know your audience before you go out there and grab an endorsement because you could alienate a lot of people, right? Yeah, you have to know your audience and you have to understand their history and, and potentially bad things that could happen. I mean, you look at Michael Phelps, enough time's gone under the bridge to where he's endorsing again. He got caught with pot after his last gold medals, but he was up on, I think, a Subway commercial just recently. And Tiger Woods has been enough time to where he's getting endorsements again. So sometimes time helps out with those type of things. Even Kramer. What's Kramer's name on Seinfeld? Oh, Michael Richards. <laughs> yeah, he had, remember he had that outburst. He was using some racial slurs. Uh, yeah, and he disappeared yeah. for four years. But now all of a sudden he's starting to come back doing some TV shows. And so that's what PR firms that do. When you do something really stupid, you are gone for a couple of years. No one wants to hear from you or see you or think about you. So they don't bring up these negative memories and they got water passes under the bridge and after a while they'll bring you back slowly. Yeah, that happened to Mel Gibson too when he had that anti-Semitic outburst down in L.A. Nobody cared about Mel Gibson for years. And I still don't think he's done much since then, has he? I don't think much. He's surfaced a little, but yeah, he really hurt himself by going on that tirade. So movie stars, if you want an automatic four-year vacation, you know what to do. Does that go for me too? <laughs> sure. <laughs> Let's hear your slurs. No, yeah, no, yeah. We can't. We'll, we'll Everybody, when I decide to take my vacation, you'll know it. I mean, <laughs> I won't leave any doubt. Well, good. So, going back to something relevant that people would actually tune into the show for, tell me about anchors and what that means for association. Basically, anchoring is a technique that captures feelings and memories and emotions. Well, events, places, or things, and there's a psychology behind that to where it could be a simple thing like a smell or music. Let's talk about smells, for example. When we smell something, it goes through our amygdala, and all of a sudden we feel something. We can smell something and go back 20 years. It could be chlorine in a pool. It could be fresh-cut grass. It could be a beach. It could be the perfume or clone of an old girlfriend or boyfriend. Smell is a powerful thing. When people are near the Cinnabon stores, the cinnamon rolls are more likely to donate to a charity. Real estate agents are all trained to cook bread or cookies because you smell bread, all of a sudden you're home. Now, the opposite is true with offensive orders. You have negative association triggers. We know that with smell, people will stay longer in a store. They have better reaction time in driving situations. We know bakeries, when they pump the smell inside a supermarket, increases sales by 300%, leads to better moods. We can talk about smell is one of those anchors, along with music. You can hear a song and go back 20, 30 years. You can hear the music of Jaws and feel something. Hear the music of Rocky and feel something. So music and smell are anchors that just go straight to our emotions. It just happens before we even realize it. And when you can really understand how to use, for example, music, you can be much more influential. That's pretty powerful. So can you, I probably know the answer to this question, but 
I think we could assume about many of our prospects that they've had various good experiences throughout their life. And if you learn a little bit about them, are they married? Do they have kids? Have they been on vacation? You can assume that there are certain really positive anchors that you could tie into and try to associate your product with. Is that correct? Exactly. A smell, it could be music, but then it depends on culture. It depends on, on the person. Most people, when they hear or smell or see the beach, it's relaxing, it's calming. To my father, he hates it. It makes him tense and uneasy, which is odd growing up in California, Southern California, where there's a lot of beaches, because I found out when he was 16, he went to the beach. He hadn't heard a sunscreen, spent the whole day there, and you can fill in the blanks. That's his trigger for the beach. Yeah. I use that in the investment property world. When somebody is asking me about a property, they're considering whether they want to buy it or not, and they're asking about what level of rehabilitation or how much has been fixed in the property, and I'll say something like, well, it's really important to manage the tenant's expectations and put f fresh mulch in the flower beds, make that lawn nice and green and short and trimmed really well. And when they go in, we've got new carpet and you've got that brand new carpet smell, right, that everybody loves. The whole house is wiped down and spick and span and clean and the, the bathrooms are glowing. And of course, I'm creating what you really want to do to get a tenant because they want to live in that kind of property. But I think subconsciously it speaks to the prospect, too, about a new house, and it makes them feel good, like it's okay to invest in that house. You think that qualifies as association? Oh, absolutely. That's a great example. And I'll take the opposite approach. If you went into a home that was in the great neighborhood, the right square footage, it was a great price, but you walked in and it reeked of cat urine, okay, how's that for an example? <laughs> And logically, you knew, okay, we can replace the pads, we can replace the carpet, we can get rid of that, everything's perfect, everything's perfect. You're going to get a feeling that something's not right, that you don't like it, it's not the right place, just based on that smell. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> I was teaching a workshop to some investors in San Diego, like I had mentioned earlier, and I was saying that, hey, look, you know, you're going to go into these houses, they're going to be beat up. I was telling them how to buy foreclosures. They're going to have holes in the wall, they're going to have ugly old light fixtures and cat pee carpet. And I, and I kept referencing cat pee carpet because they thought it was funny. And, <laughs> and after about two hours, this had been referenced a handful of times. This guy raises his hand. He's like, excuse me, but what's cat pee carpet? <laughs> and he had like blurred it together like it was some rare Persian carpet or something. This is the rare hey, cat well, carpet. We've got some great cat carpet for you. If you want to buy something, we can get it to you for really cheap. Yeah, I, I said, well, hey, man, I, I don't want to burst your bubble here, but it's not some kind of exotic carpet or really cheap carpet good for investors. It's when a cat urinates on the carpet. That's what we're talking about here. <laughs> uh, off topic. Anything else you feel like average persuader should know about the law of association, like with colors? What kind of colors should we use in in direct mail or email marketing or on business cards and those kinds of things? Well, a lot of people don't realize that the studies show that color accounts for about 60% of the acceptance or rejection of an object or a person, and we have to really think through the colors. In fact, if you think about, oh, fire trucks and fire hydrants, they're turning yellow because that's the first color that triggers in our brain. That's the first color that we see. And people don't realize what color does. Like blue is one of the more credible colors if you're wearing a suit. For example, pink is a calming color. In fact, there was that study done in Seattle with inmates that were fighting. It was a holding cell. They were waiting to get processed, and they 
painted the whole thing pink except for the ceiling. <laughs> and it reduced aggression. It started promoting other things, but that's <laughs> but you've probably heard about the University of Iowa. They have their whole visiting locker room. Their football locker room is pink. The toilets are pink. The walls are pink. Everything's pink. And the visiting team gets so upset. The coach is like, hey, it's my locker room. We can do whatever we want with it. And they think that gives them a big competitive advantage. <laughs> I you, had never heard that, actually. <laughs> even food. Both Coke and Pepsi came out with a clear cola. It didn't work. When margin was released, it was white. didn't work. A gallon of milk, if you taint the plastic yellow, it lasts three days longer, but nobody will buy it. Green ketchup, fun. Nobody will buy it. We can go on and on, but in food, in our workplace, colors trigger emotions and the feelings and have association triggers that we need to be aware of. It all depends on what kind of product you're promoting. If you're a business opportunity or, or something like that, green would be really good because it's peaceful, it's prosperity, it's growth, it's hopeful, right? But if it's food, in many cases, you know, you don't want your milk to be green <laughs> or anything else. So, or yellow gets attention a lot of times, doesn't it? It is. But if you had a yellow suit, it's also the first color to annoy. Yeah. And, you, and you talk about food and association triggers, McDonald's uses reds and yellow. It stimulates appetite, and it gets people to eat faster. Even the music that McDonald's plays is very fast. They've got your money, go. Versus yeah. high-end restaurants will use more greens and browns. They'll have slower music. Even supermarkets will have slower music if you listen because people shop 18% longer when the music's slower. And the more time you spend, the more things you purchase. Yeah, exactly right. And I think, too, that the type of music, if you have a storefront, it really does attract the kind of client that you want and make them have a better experience. I was eating at a place in San Diego I love that it's all about classic rock, not the Hard Rock Cafe. It's another place. But I was just loving the music the whole time. And I'm eating the food and being the persuasion dork that I am. I started thinking, do I love this food that much or do I love that it's pretty good and I'm hearing awesome music at the same time? <laughs> and I realized, you know, this is, it's okay food, but it's not totally top of the line. It's just the atmosphere they create makes my perception change so much. <laughs> that reminds me of a, a funny story of a owner of a convenience store who had problems with teenagers loitering. They would loiter. There's drugs. They would loiter, call the cops. They would leave, but then they'd come back, keep coming back, keep coming back. And so the store owner actually put speakers outside and started playing Frank Sinatra. <laughs> <laughs> and they didn't hang out anymore. So there's something about the feelings and even endorsements with music. When a song gets popular, bam, they put a product right next to it. So we like the song. We like the product, just like the endorsements we talked about earlier. Yeah, yeah. I was standing in line at a restaurant the other day. I can't remember the name of it. I've been traveling so much. I don't even know where it was. But you could tell I was not there by choice. I was in a hurry. And the line was kind of moving slowly. The staff you could tell was not very engaged. They didn't have their A staff on that night. And what made it horrible is, you know, when you're in a, a long line, you of all people know, a long line is just terrible, especially when it's moving slowly. And there was no music on in the restaurant. And it just made everything really awkward. You're all just standing around looking at each other. And it made standing in that line so much more unbearable. But if they had some kind of an upbeat music and and stuff creating a little bit more energy even though the line could be going the same speed you would feel better you would feel like it's moving faster instead of just standing there like you're in the dmv or something i think the dmv might even make an effort to put music 
Well, that's great. The studies actually show when people are in line, of course, their satisfaction goes down. But if there's distractions like free samples or upbeat music or a video or things that are going on, magazines. I mean, look at Disneyland. You're waiting in line for an hour and you don't even know it because so many things are happening. They know what's going on. And if you want your satisfaction to go down with your customers, make them wait in a long, boring line. That's true. That's true. If you go on, say, the ride Splash Mountain at Disneyland. It can be a long line, especially in the summer, but they've decorated it, they've created a theme, they've got posters, and there's a lot going on. It really takes the edge off. So if you have a physical storefront or something, there's so much you can do with the law of association. What smell hits those people You know, when they walk in? And don't try to tell me that that doesn't work. I mean, what if you walked into a store and instantly smelled cow manure, right? If it can work negatively, it can certainly work positively and couple that with the right music and the colors and the overall feel, wow, it can make a huge difference. Yeah, try walking to a movie theater and smelling that popcorn and not wanting some. If you're a financial planner or an insurance agent or, or somebody who has your own office that people come to, what smells can you bring in, what colors, lighting, association, even music to a degree, that certainly, certainly makes a big difference. At various points in my career when I've had an office, I, I like to, when I'm expecting somebody and I'm just going to do a little bit of busy work before they get there, I'll turn on a little bit of classic rock and I knew that the types of clients that would be coming to see me would be from that generation that they would like it. So they'd come in and be like, oh, hey, how you doing? Hey, let me get the music. And half the time they'd be like, oh, I love that song. Right? I mean, how much better of, a, of an ambiance and of a start did I get with that person when the first thing they told me was, oh, I love that song. I mean, that's pretty good stuff. It is. It can be the song, especially, triggers those feelings, what they see, what they hear, what they smell, all very important association triggers the monitor. And here's the hard thing for most people. We'll take the office, for example. They have no idea because they're there every day. They don't realize the color's wrong or the smell's wrong or that their office is cluttered or any of those things because they're there every day. They're already past that. They don't see it anymore. So they need someone else to come in to take a look at it to see what association triggers are violating. Right. I, I knew a really good salesman once, and he was in real estate, did some investment properties with me. And, and he would take people around town to show them various investment properties. And by strategy, when he'd pull into the parking lot that morning and he knew he was going to be getting in the car with clients later, he would turn his satellite radio on to CNBC. And so people would get in the car and the, and the radio comes on. And here in the markets today, the Dow is up 47 you know, points. And they're hearing financial, they're getting in that mood like, I'm really smart. I'm going to make some financial decisions today. I'm informed. I thought that was a pretty sneaky little association technique to implement. Yeah, as long as the stock market's not crashing. <laughs> <laughs> then you'll have the opposite approach. You got to be careful on that one or pre record it <laughs> so you know. Right, right. Pre record the good stuff all the time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, good, good. We already hit a blunder today with good reason. I think it would be appropriate to do a ninja. What do you think, Kurt? Oh, I always love the ninja. It's a great sound, too. Oh, yeah, we love the ninja. I think most of our listeners tune in just to hear the ninja sound. <laughs> yeah, that doesn't say a lot about our show. But, <laughs> but because our blunder was Monica Lewinsky, I figure let's do a ninja. Let's go to the opposite end of the spectrum and do Cindy Crawford, right? Hey, let's do it. I think she's in her low 50s, and I came home from a business trip yesterday morning, an early flight, and my wife had been home with the kids and the new baby, 
for three nights. So she was ready for reinforcements. You know, she was really tired when I got home and had no sleep. And on was this infomercial with Cindy Crawford as the spokesperson about skincare. And I gotta say, I think she's in her late 40s, early 50s, and she is looking good. All right, Cindy's keeping it together. Anybody who has seen her lately would more than likely agree with me. But this infomercial put on an absolute clinic on my wife. And yes, this story ends with me saying, sure, go ahead and call and order the skincare product, right? <laughs> what wasn't funny was I heard him trying to upsell her for about a half hour on the line when she called. But uh, this was a, a masterful use of what we've talked on the podcast before about the law of contrast and social proof, right? For about 20 minutes, it was constantly showing ordinary women using the product spontaneously and raving about the results they were getting and showing before and after, before and after. Then it brings in a celebrity with another endorsement. Plenty of celebrities, people you see on TV all the time. And then in comes Cindy. And what I like most about the product and what's so great, and then it brings in the doctor in the white coat that's behind all of it, who talks a little bit about the science, right? And so before they even start mentioning numbers, my wife's going, wow, this, this is just really amazing. I wonder if I want to get this. And they come on the screen, it's $59.95 and for the next 20 minutes. So then they go give some more social proof and they come back and they say, but guess what? If you order in the next 20 minutes, you're going to get it for $49.95. And then they do more social proof. And then they come back and they say, and if you use promo code Cindy123, it's $39.95. And I just looked at my wife. I said, go ahead. Because <laughs> she was just chomping at the bit. And it was, infomercials want the tired person, which they had her, right? <laughs> and so she had a little sleep deprivation because of the newborn. And it was on late at night. Yep. Highly emotional state. <laughs> yep. Lack of sleep, that's exactly why infomercials are on late at night, because we just say, yeah. And overwhelming, overwhelming testimonials, social proof, endorsements that leave no doubt in your mind, and whether this is actually too true, but at the time, it leaves no doubt that this works. This is going to make my skin look like Cindy Crawford's, right? But and if then, there was doubt, did they offer any type of safety net or guarantee? So you're like, well, hey, I've got everything to gain and nothing to lose. Of course they did. Of course yes, they, did. they did. If you're not satisfied, we'll give all of your money back. Then the contrast just creates that frenzy. They're not saying, hey, that's a pretty good deal. I'm going to call later. I got a call right now. And it was a, truly a masterful infomercial. And they, Cindy Crawford, because we would love to give her the ninja, if she wants to come on the show and accept it personally, we have no <laughs> objections to that. We'll take it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and for listeners, if you want to study persuasion influence and you're up late at night, infomercials are a great start because if you keep seeing them over and over again, they're successful. Most infomercials fail. And you watch how many testimonials they use, when they do that call to action and how often they do it, how they contrast the before and after pictures, look at them, and, the, and how they build the value. It's a great education in learning persuasion and influence. It really is. And you can tell that it's awesome because half the time you watch the infomercial and you think, man, that was cheesy, but I really want that. <laughs> <laughs> then you know. All right. Good job. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. So hats off to Cindy Crawford and her skincare line, and that's the ninja for the week. Kurt, you uh, have anything else you want to tell the listeners before we sign off? Just look at the symbols around you. We know 
when people are wearing a fireman's uniform or Santa Claus suit, more people are likely to donate to charities. We know the presidents of the United States will spend weeks trying to get a pet dog because that's man best friend. Think about it. If a president had a pet monkey or a pet snake or a doctor's office not having <laughs> fish had pet scorpions. I mean, all these things come into play. We know with credit card symbols that on a store, on a website, it increases sales. So there are a lot of things to think about because people, they like to be creative and they are violating these association triggers. In fact, one of the case studies we put in uh, Maximum Influence happened to me in California. There was this restaurant. It was an all-you-can-eat restaurant. So you got in there, and the first thing you do is you stepped on a scale to see how much you would pay. <laughs> so they took off all the weight but would say, okay, you're 10 bucks, you're 11 bucks, you're 12 bucks, just based on your weight. So it was really creative, a lot of fun. Kids loved it. You got on the scale to see how much you paid. But, of course, the problem is, and the reason they're no longer in business, is that association trigger of getting on a scale, even though the numbers were gone, before you eat an all-you-can-eat restaurant is too much for most people to handle. Bad association trigger. That could be another blunder of the week because they were being creative. Again, 10 points for creativity, but a minus 1,000 points for a violation of the law of association. That's pretty bad. Get on a scale before you eat. <laughs> yeah. yeah. They didn't think it through. To them, it was fun. It's creative. And, but people are like, uh, yeah, there's just something wrong. Getting on a scale in public at a restaurant <laughs> yeah. before you eat. Not a lot of uh, repeat women clients, I don't imagine. Yeah, that's a problem. They yeah. have to have pretty good food for people to come back. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Well, good. Thanks for the pointers, Kurt. Everybody, thanks for listening. And as always, please send us your feedback, your comments, your questions, your concerns, whatever else you want to say to us at MaximizeYourInfluence at gmail.com. And we will catch you next week. See you next week.